welcome to the second edition of the 10th Region Weekly with Ledger Independence Evan Dennison. And this week we have special guest Harrison County Thoroughbred Head Coach Terrence Brooks. And uh, Evan, once again, thanks for coming on this Sunday night. And Coach, appreciate you joining us as well. And uh, Evan, we had an exciting week of action in the 10th Region this week and uh, can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it was an action-packed week. I think, you know, just on Saturday alone, 13 out of the 16 teams had played a game on that day. So it, uh, it was a great week, a lot to talk about, and, you know, a lot of basketball to see. Right, and uh, I got Coach Terrence Brooks with us here, Evan, and uh, Harrison Kenny came off a 3-0 uh, and week this week, uh, got a big win at Scott County, followed it up with a win against Bishop Rosser, who has been one of those teams in the 10th who has uh, had success over the years, and then I believe yesterday put a beat down on Franklin County. So glad to have Coach Brooks with us today. Appreciate having me. All right, Coach, tell us. You start off 0-2. I think the game against Rowell was not indicative of the kind of team you are. I looked at the box score, and it seems like Rowell had a great shooting night that night. Uh, then I think Oldham County got you. But, you know, what did you do to keep your team's mindset up? You know, starting 0-2 when you got a team at yours who I think a lot of people have pegged as um, 38 district champions, a lot of people have pegged as region top five. Um, start out 0-2, how do you get, keep their mind to where you can win three tough ones this week? Well, you know, like you said, we, we played that game at Rowell, and, and those kids came out, and they they it seemed like every shot they took at the three-point line, they, they, they made every shot, you know, and, and it wasn't just their point guard at, at every position, that one through five, and, and the kids who they subbed in, you know, and so our kids got down. I think we got down 20 or 25 in the first half, and we were able to cut it to 14 at halftime. And we just, you know, talked to them at halftime about, you know, staying focused, continue to play defense. Uh, we In that first half, we missed a lot of free throws. I think we missed five or six free throws and, and probably 10 layups, uh, you know, to keep it close. And so the second half, we came out in the third quarter, and, and uh, we made some shots. And, we, they start missing some shots, and we made a run at them. We cut it, cut that lead, got it to nine, and then, you know, before you know it, we had it tied up. And, um, you know, we threw the ball away three straight times down the floor with a tie game, and they went back and, and scored. And, uh, you know, in probably a minute and a half, two minutes ago in the game, they were up five, and, you know, we had to start fouling at the end. So, you know, we lost that game. But we felt good about how hard we played. We just didn't play smart and didn't make easy shots. And then, uh, you know, we had Odom County coming in. We knew, you know, we had film on them, knew what they were about. Uh, big team, you know, a team that was in the state tournament last year. Um, you know, up five on them at halftime. Played really well. Uh, you know, you guys know when you make shots, team, kids are committed to playing defense. Uh, and and uh, came out the, the third quarter and, and – and, uh, was going back and forth with them, and, and, and they got it tied up. And, uh, you know, kind of the same thing. You know, we, we turned the ball over two or three times, took a couple of bad shots. Uh, and then before you know it, they were up six, two minutes ago, a minute and a half ago. Then we had to start fouling, and I think we lost that game by 11. But um, this team, you know, I think the hardest thing I've had to do was really get them to buy in on the defensive end. Uh, you know, at Paris, I've, I've always had athletes not as big as, as our team in Harrison County. And, uh, uh, you know, are, are those kids would really get out and get out to people defensively. And so this, this week, I, I attribute our, our wins this week to our defense. Uh, our defense was our offense. Uh, we, we, we created turnovers uh, at Scott County, uh, turned those guys over. Uh, but also we controlled the defensive backboard over there. And we were making shots. Uh, I think two and a half minutes going in the game, we were up nine. And then, you know, same, kind of the same thing happened the first two games. We'd come down, turn the ball over two times, and they went down and got an and one and cut it, cut that lead. And But, you know, that game kind of showed some maturity uh, to where we didn't fold. You know, we continued to uh, attack, take care of the ball. And, and, and so they had to start fouling us, and we made our free throws and, and, and come out with a three-point win in that game. And then, uh, Friday Friday night, played Bishop Brossett. Um, you know, they got the big kid inside. You know, he's a double-double guy. And uh, we really concentrated with our kids in, in those two days, the next two days of practice on, um, you know, making him work for everything he got uh, and then being in position to double him when he puts the ball on the floor. And, and 
It really worked well. Our kids really played good defense that day. Um, I think we got up, you know, 20 points or so. Uh, you know, and, and we, we made some substitutions late in the game. And, and, and so, you know, those JV kids came in and made some mistakes. But, uh, you know, we were, we were proud to get that win. I had to turn around less than 24 hours to play again uh, Saturday afternoon in Franklin County. And he had a couple of kids that he suspended, didn't play. Uh, so we were able to jump on them. We didn't, our effort wasn't there. And I think that was because how hard we played Friday night and just uh, the, the quick turnaround. Uh, but we were able to get a win. Yeah, you know, looking at just the point totals and the box scores, I mean, it, like you said, defensively, it seems like you guys really, really honed in 56, 39, and 46. You allow totals like that, you know, at, at the boys' varsity level, you're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, again, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're big. We have a big team, uh, you know, and, and we're able to uh, – uh, switch our switch our bigs up two at a time. So, you know, we, we try to go four to five minutes with those kids and, and then bring two fresh kids back in. Uh, and our guard rotation is getting there. Uh, it, 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 it suffers a little bit when we have a, a JV game uh, because those kids, some of those kids have to play so, so much in the JV game. But, you know, they're getting in better shape, you know, six games, five games into the season, they're getting into better shape and, and, and able to, uh, give us some minutes in the varsity game also. Seems like you're getting a balanced effort too. You know, I think you got four or five guys putting up at least eight points or so a night. Looks like J.D. Kendall's really shooting the ball well. Caden looks like he's doing his thing with the all-around game. And, uh, you know, I think we knew Braylon Hinton was capable of really breaking out this year. And I think now as he's a sophomore, it's it's time for his time to, to take that next step. And I, I think that's what makes you guys even more dangerous this season. Well, you're right. I mean, the first two games that we lost, uh, Braylon and uh, Clay Carpenter didn't shoot the ball very well either game. Mm. Uh, and, and these last three games, they shoot, they're shoot they shooting the ball a lot better. Uh, but also, we're, we're getting some of those kids off the bench. Uh, Richard Harris is, is playing really well for us. Uh, Mason Smiley's coming in, playing well. Uh, Blaine Biddle is coming in for him and Will at that five position. Uh, when you have kids 6'6 and kids 6'10, that you can rotate those two kids in and out. You got size and physicality with those two kids. Um, and then, like I said, Richard Harris is, you know, he, he missed his whole senior season last year, so he came back and, and he, he's very explosive. Uh, uh, he, he's, he's playing hard offensively, especially defense, uh, you know, rebounding the ball strong, getting the ball inside, finishing around the rim. So, uh, you know, our big thing right now is making sure we're sharing the basketball, hit the open guy, uh, not one person trying to do it all, uh, not looking at the box scores, worrying about your points. Let's do what we need to do as a team to get, get that victory. Now, your length, you, you mentioned, I mean, is this one of your taller teams you've ever had? I mean, I know Paris, sometimes it gets, you know, you get, you had great athletes, but it gets kind of slim pickings when it comes to, to the size aspect. But like you mentioned, 6'10", 6'6". You know, you're bringing six three, six four off the bench. I mean, tell me in terms of height. I mean, this got to be one of the tallest teams you've probably ever had coaching. Uh, it, it's it's the tallest I've ever coached. Uh, and you know, being at Paris, that's one of the things we talk about all the time. Is we wish you, we had, uh, you know, kids, some kids with some size. Uh, but that may have hurt what we were trying to do and able to do at Paris also. Uh, but you know, again, uh, my biggest challenge was taking over this Harrison County team was getting these kids to buy in to play man-to-man -man defense. I, I'm, I'm big on playing man-to-man -man defense. You know, you play zone if you have to play zone, but, uh, you know, a lot of kids have aspirations to go on and play on the next level. And if they can't play man-to-man, -man, they're not going to make it on the next level. doesn't make a difference what college they go to. So, uh, you know, when you have uh, uh, Will Furnish at 16 and Blaine 6'6", J.D. Kendall 6'5", Richard's about 6'4", Braylon, you know, Braylon, is, he's at Blaine. I mean, Blaine's footwork, Will's footwork, J.D. Kendall's footwork, uh, uh, you know, those kids are really working hard on the defensive end in practice. Well, Coach, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm extremely excited that I don't have to worry about preparing for that this season. I'm really excited to be on this side of it to where I don't have to worry about going in and losing sleep over uh, competing against a Coach Brooks-led team. But one thing with all the players you've mentioned, um, 
I feel like in order to be successful, you've got to be able to have competitive practices. And you've been at Paris. Um, I've been at Robertson and Bracken. And a lot of times at small A schools, we don't necessarily have 10 guys we can put on the floor and practice that can make each other better every day. I feel like with what you've got at Harrison County, and not only your tough schedule, because I think your schedule is probably one of the tougher in the region, but also the competitive practices that you have, I feel like your guys are going to be there come March because of just what they have to battle every day. You know, how do you feel about your practices? You know, do you feel like that's the case? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we divide our team up. So Blaine and Will go against each other. Uh, Richard and JD go against each other. Uh, uh, Mason Smiley, Cliffy, uh, McIvain, Garrett Wilson, all those kids compete. We switch them. We, we flip-flop them. Uh, probably right now, the only position that, that we're behind the eight ball right now is at our point guard position. And, 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 and you know, just like I know, Caden Custer, he's a special. He's a special player. Uh, you know, and, and, and so we have to work hard to develop somebody behind him. I thought last year, uh, having Tayshawn behind him, uh, if he got in foul trouble or he needed a break or whatever, we were still pretty steady. You know, we didn't ask Tayshawn to do what Caden does, but right now we, we're, we're in the process of developing uh, somebody behind him that play with, plays and handles the ball with confidence like he does. Coach, how much you looking forward to, to Tuesday to kind of gauging where you guys are at? I mean, obviously a Clark County team that's – been tabbed as the best team in the region, and rightfully so. But, you know, we go back nine months. You gave this team a dogfight without, you know, Caden Custard, and I think Tayshawn was out that game too. So, you know, you're missing two of your guys in that game. You know, you, you get everybody, you know, back, and you're, you're coming off a 3-0 and week. So I imagine the guys got to be excited about it. What have you maybe said to them um, maybe after Saturday's game? Because obviously you take a game-by-game approach, but – you know, what'd you maybe say after that, saying, "Hey, what, look what we got coming Tuesday." Were they excited for that matchup coming up? I I, I think they are. Uh, you know, the guys uh, they they know me. They they know one thing about me. I'm not going to back down from anybody. We'll mm-hmm. play anybody. Uh, I want my to be confident, not be afraid of the challenge. Uh, if, if if we're going to talk in in, in November and December about winning the 10th region and going to Rupp Arena, then we, we got to play the county right now. It's the best. And, and, and we would give them to well, good team. I've, I've, I've watched film on do what they do. You know, they play the style of basketball. They coach, coach, uh, wants them to play, and uh, they get up and down the floor and they get after you, you know, and we're going to have to handle that pressure. Uh, but also, we want we want to be that team that 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 puts pressure on them also, uh, use our size and use our length against them uh, and play just as physical and aggressive as they do. Here's kind of a, a throwback question for you. Um, you know, obviously, you played the college game. You were – you know, one of, uh, you know, the better players in the 10th region when you were playing in high school. What, what What's maybe the biggest difference you see when when you played compared to now? Just maybe in kids' either demeanor or their mindset and, and how coachable they are. What's what's maybe the, the biggest difference you're seeing in that time frame? Are you there, Coach? Uh, one of the biggest differences uh, – talk- is the outside. Um, I think, uh, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I tell them all the time, when I was in school, there was only a couple kids who wanted a scholarship and was looking to go on and play on the next level. I think now everybody is looking to go, you know, thinks they have an opportunity to go play at the next level. And their parents think that too and feel <laughs> that way. And, and, you know, as a parent, you're supposed to support your child. But, right. but, but the outside noise, uh, you know, it's our job the coaches them up and, and and to prepare them for the next game well what their limitations are and I think sometimes when they're not around their parents and and, and anybody friends or anybody else outside of the coaching staff and and so sometimes 
you know, you get kids trying. And then that puts them in the bad say together, play, you know, this is our team. This is who we have. Let's play together. Let's do what we got to do together to get that win. So, I, so to me, the outside noise, because like I said, when I was growing up, you know, my dad, my mom and dad told me to go and do what your coach tells you to do. You know, he, my dad never told me to, to do anything outside of what my coach told me to do. And I think today's kids, uh, and I'm just talking about Harris guy, you know, everywhere. Um, even when I was coaching the women's team at Berea College, you know, I, I had situations there where, you know, girls were saying their, their fathers and mothers or whoever, you know, wanted to do more. Before I got there, they did more or whatever. Uh, I just think it's, you know, listen to the wrong people. You know, I think as coaches, we have th those kids, the best interest for those kids uh, to do what. To help that team be successful. And coach, I, I think what you said is spot on. And it's not just that Harrison County, it's everywhere, but um, the social media aspect has really changed um, not just high school sports, but just, you know, the athletes mind frame in general, because, you know, on social media, people only get to see and hear just the narrative that they want to put out. So the outside noise, I guess, is probably a very good answer because that's one that I think we're going to see or I, let me say this, I think it's going to be around a lot longer than than it should be. Or what I'm saying is it's not going away anytime soon. Right, right, absolutely. All right, Coach those, Joe. Uh, one more. How about those racers? Coach Brooks, they beat Memphis the other night. We pretty excited they, about that one? They, they, look, they look good. Good the night, didn't it? I did. All right, Coach, I promise you I wouldn't keep you too long. I had to beg you to be on because you said it was past your bedtime. And I just want to say that I know that uh, – uh, Hey, old folks go to bed earlier than us young folks. Uh, uh, it, it amazed me that the <laughs> – But I'm off tomorrow. <laughs> what? I'm off tomorrow. Not I me. To, I gotta work. I, I get to stay up a little later tonight. That's good. <laughs> well, Coach, uh, like I said, I do appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate you giving us about 15 minutes of your time. And uh, best of luck. I can't get a chance. I can't wait to get a chance to watch you guys play. And I know this week's gonna be tough, but uh, one thing I know, you see the big picture, and uh, this week's only gonna make you better for the long run. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on today, guys. Yes, sir. Thank you. See you soon. All right, guys. That was Coach uh, Terrence Brooks of the Harrison County Thoroughbreds. And like we said, Coach Brooks' team start three and two and got three big wins this week and um, got a tough schedule coming up next week, Evan. They got Clark County on Tuesday. I think they got uh, Henry Clay next week as well. And then they got Bourbon County coming home. So, uh, we appreciate Coach Brooks's time, and uh, um, I think this week will tell us a lot about Harrison County um, and where they'll be at this point in time of the season. Yeah, I mean, I gave him a bump in the rankings. I moved him up to three. I mean, I had him four last week, and I feel like this week and what they did, their body of work, it, it warranted it, um, you know, considering what what they did and result-wise, and they'll have a chance to prove themselves again this week. So, uh, you know, I think it uh, is going to be an interesting – week for them and then I think after this week they get 10 days off they, they get off until after Christmas so uh I imagine they'll you know really want to go out with a bang and then um you know get a little break and go into a Christmas tournament the following week well and it's kind of hard you know as I do it's kind of hard to uh gauge where you're at this young of the season after a great week you know with Clark County coming in so um all right Evan um couple big events happened this week uh as you know, um, there's a couple things I was excited about to see, and I was hoping we could get Coach Kirk on to talk to us this week, but he's having some health issues. Uh, he lost his voice last night against Pikeville, so uh, um, he wants to postpone and table that till next week. So we'll bank on having Coach Kirk on next week. But uh, let's talk about that Bulldog night um, Friday night. And this is not to put off all the things that happened uh, Monday through Thursday, 
But if we talked about everything that went on in the region, we could make this last four hours. And uh, but the Bulldog night to me was something special. And um, I grew up with Maysville in the 10th region. I know you're kind of new to the area, but you cover Maysville. You cover the area. So you hear a lot of people talk and just how important Maysville and their school and athletic program was to the community. So how special was that on Friday night? Oh, man, it was amazing. You know, I, I, I even think, you know, the, the people that helped kind of put it on were surprised on the turnout um, from, you know, the Maysville Bulldog alum that had all come out. You know, at the end of the day, they had over 150 people there um, that, you know, had walked the court uh, during halftime. And, you know, I, I just think Mason County did it right. You know, they, they wanted to show unity. They wanted to show that, hey, you know, you know, regardless of, you know, when you consolidated with us, you're still part of the community and, um I also think they, they, they want to get the, you know, the whole town behind their kids. And, you know, I don't blame them for that at all. And, uh, you know, the, their style of play is a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, you get everybody behind the community rallying for you. And, you know, that creates a big home court advantage. And, you know, that's well, and- that means a lot because the district tournament's there, the region tournament's there. So if they can keep playing on their home court, get the community behind them, that's a tough place to go get a win. And that's a very good, uh, very good point you just mentioned. Because if you remember just two or three years ago before Brian took over, uh, the attendance at a Mason County home boys game was significantly down from what I remember, you know, even on home games, regular season home games, it was packed at the field house just with Mason County people. I'm not saying the traveling, the visiting team always traveled well, but there was always a crowd. A couple years before Brian got there, I would see videos and photos of kind of a porous crowd. And, you know, so, you know, Jordan Gilbert, I know they're giving him a lot of credit for what he did, and he did a good job. But I'm talking about Mason County Athletics as a whole that allow those kids to wear those black and gold uniforms one more time. Maybe this is something they do annually. I don't know if they plan on that or not. But uh, but there was a crowd there, and it was almost a regional tournament atmosphere. It, it definitely was. I mean, I'd say 2,000-plus at least in terms of attendance. And, uh, you know, just seeing all those old Maysville Bulldog alone, like Sierra Myrick was in the house. He's like the third all-time leading scorer. You know, you had Orlando Myrick there, Timmy Myrick there. I mean, there were just names left and right that they were rattling off that were a big part of that school's history. And um, not just athletes, too. You know, cheerleaders were there. Band members were there. They had a couple people that played in the band um, for for the game. So I, I thought that was a real neat idea, too. They played the Maysville Bulldog fight song. The cheerleaders had on Maysville High School, uh, you know, Bulldog uniform. So all in all, I thought it was a great, you know, class event. And um I think it turned out well, and, uh, you know, they really fed off of that and put out a, a lights-out performance uh, during the game as well. Right, and, then you know, being an alumni of Augusta and just to see uh, Augusta be able to participate in that, and I know it wasn't the outcome, you know, Coach Henson wanted, but also know that Coach Henson and Coach Kirk mentioned before the game that win or lose on either side, this was not, you know, the end of the world. Um, I think one thing that happens with uh, fan bases nowadays is, and I'm guilty as a UK fan, that we hang on to every loss like the, the ship sinking. You know, we hang on to every game that way. And But uh, the one thing, just the video, the preparation, the amount of people that showed up still tells you that Bulldog pride is still, you know, runs thick and deep in Maysville. So all in all, great night. And uh, like you said, Mason Kenny put one of those performances out there. And um, as a basketball fan, their style of play that Coach Kirk implements, the run and jump, the get up and down the floor, the defense um, 84 feet is just, you know, it's something to watch. And I think events like that is definitely going to uh, boost their attendance, you know, in the future. Absolutely. Great event, great game. Um, You know, not just because of the result, but just the atmosphere itself. And, you know, we didn't really get to witness that um, last year because of, you know, COVID restrictions and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I think that, that helped create a, a great atmosphere and just something that everybody had missed um, for, you know, nearly two years now. And then Saturday um, back at the field house again, and, you know, not to turn this into a completely Mason County episode, but um, they hosted the Mike Murphy classic and Mike Murphy's also a gentleman. I knew um, just from being around the area, baseball coach at Mason County at one time, but he's also one of those guys behind the scenes that oftentimes gets overlooked who doesn't get the recognition they deserve for everything they do. So for Mason County to put together that um, had eight quality teams, four quality games there, some good basketball. And to top it all off, um, Kelly Wells 
who um, everybody listening to this is probably going to uh, have heard of Kelly Wells and what he did for Mason County. So all in all, another great night. And that plaque was awesome. Um, another jo- uh, job well done by Mason County. And that's something that's going to be able to hang in the field house for, you know, forever that everybody's able to come in and see just what kind of impact Coach Wells had, not only, you know, on the court, but also off the court. Yeah, and I mean, you, you consider who, you know, who showed up with him too, like some of his former players. I mean, you got Chris Lofton, Wes Jones, Robert Myrick, T. Commodore, Dustin Grutza. I mean, those five alone, they're going to they'll, they'll win your region title maybe still. So, <laughs> you just – I wouldn't know. bet against Chris Lofton, I can tell you that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, it was a really cool night, a great tribute to him. And uh, my, my favorite part is I got to see, you know, four games of basketball – uh, I was late arriving for the Pendleton Greenup game, but you know I, I thought you know all four games were rather competitive. You know Augusta ended up running away from Felicity, but I thought Pendleton Greenup was a great game. Uh, Scott Russell, I mean I sat next to you that whole game. That was a great game that went back and forth. And then um, you know Augusta or Mason County Pikeville at the end of the night, another great game that was a you know three point game with with 120 to go, and you know we got to see how good Pikeville was out of the 15th region too. So. Um, you know, a great day of basketball and a chance to see, uh, you know, a lot of teams with, within the region or around the area. I was going to say it was a great showing of games for the 10th region teams. Now, I know that, you know, three of the four teams lost, but I think all four teams got better yesterday. Um, Greenup County, um, Pendleton County was a great basketball game. I think both teams threw punches, uh, you know, then the other team would throw a counter punch, and it was just a back-and-forth type game. And then Greenup County just kind of, you know, not to sound cliche, but kind of got the ball last and was able to hold on. Uh, Pendleton County played really well. I talked to Coach Ellsburn after the game, and, you know, he he's frustrated. Uh, you know, they've played extremely hard and been in a lot of close games and not yet to knock the door down. But uh, I think that's coming. I think, you know, when you play in these tough games in December and play close games, I think eventually you get better from and you learn to pr- pull these games out. I thought Scott and Russell was a really highly competitive game. Scott was without point guard Mitchell Minor, which um, regardless of how many points a game Mitchell scores or whatever, anytime you lose your point guard, you're forcing people to put in positions they're not comfortable with and kind of playing people out of position. It's almost kind of like your quarterback in football. And then, um, like you said, Augusta kind of ran away from Felicity a little bit, but I thought Felicity had a lot of fight in the second half. Uh, Jason Thompson's real familiar to the 10th region and probably all these listeners does a great job coaching his team. And, but that game with Pikeville and Mason County, you're talking about two heavyweights, man. Um, two teams that play defense at the highest level, two teams that are just, you know, loaded with superstars on both ends of the floor. And um, it was just a great game. And I know Coach Kirk, uh, I didn't get a chance to listen to his post game comments, but I know he probably feels like his team got better last night from playing Pikeville. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a physical game. Pikeville's got, you know, dudes in the paint. I mean, they, you know, brought in six, 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 seven off the bench. And, you know, it showed in the rebounding battle. They won 38 to 16 uh, in that area. But, um, you know, going back to the Scott game, I, I think that played a big part at the end because they were up eight with about three, four minutes to go. And Russell ended the game on a 14 to three run to, to take it away. And, not taking anything away from Russell. They've got some dudes, too, that I was pretty impressed with. And I think they'll be a tough out in the 16th region. But, you know, Scott, you know, up eight, just struggled to have a flow there toward the end, turned the ball over a few times, missed some free throws. So, you know, they're 0-5 now. And they they were they were rather, uh, you know, obviously disappointed after uh, letting one slip away yesterday. And like you said, you know, those, those losses, you know, in December that keep adding up, I mean, yeah, they don't matter right now, but – Especially you want to see, you know, some winning and, you know, just putting guys in good spirits, you know, throughout your team to, to come on the winning end, you know. Well, and you said it right there. That's the key. And I'll tell you what I was impressed with. Um, yeah, Scott's 0-5, but I thought their guys played hard yesterday. Like what you said, eventually wins will have to come because are you as a coach going to be able to keep their spirits high or um, keep their uh, their minds right to where – they still buy into your speak. A lot of times players like, oh, that's just coach speak. He's got to tell us that. He's got to tell us this. Um, But are they going to be able to keep them playing hard if wins don't don't start coming soon? And if you go look at Scott's schedule, I know they got Mason coming to Scott sometime this week. And uh, um, um, I heard a Scott Scott person say the other day and um, that a win in December would be tough to come by if they didn't beat Russell yesterday. Um, So – 
their schedule is tough. It can make them better if Coach Frohmeyer is able to uh, keep the players' mindset right. But, you know, in order to keep them engaged, you know, some wins are going to have to come. And I think Scott's good enough on any night to knock off anybody. I know their schedule is going to be tough, but uh, I think they're capable of knocking off any any team on any given night. But I was impressed with how hard they played at 0-4 and without their point guard. I thought Cameron Patterson – you know, did some things well. I saw him diving on the floor after some loose balls. I'd like him to be a little bit more assertive on the offensive end. But um, all in all, that was a well-played game. Um, but um, let's look forward to the next week here. Like I said, we could talk about last week. There was a lot of exciting basketball. Um, one thing I want to look at, and I mentioned this to you earlier, and, you know, I think me and you know, and I think anybody who follows the 10th region know, I think the 10th region is kind of top-heavy. I think the 10th region has – four or five teams that are really good, maybe six, then anywhere from like, like you said, four to 14, I think anybody can win. Um, the overall record from the 10th region right now of all 16 teams is 32 and 51. Um, the uh, top five teams that I have ranked in the top five, your ranking may be different, but in my top five, I have uh, eight, eight, I have an 18 and 18 and eight record, which would mean, 14 and 43, the remaining, you know, I guess 11 teams. So, good math. Um, good, good huh? math fly there. That's good. Well, uh, I, I, I try. I mean, I, I'm pretty good math. I'm pretty good with numbers. But, uh, but okay. what I'm saying is it kind of, kind of what, what we've said that, you know, the 10th region is kind of top heavy. And, um, I think it's going to make for a, you know, maybe a very competitive, regional tournament in March if we can get those top four or five teams to get there. Not only that, but I think it makes for some really good district tournaments maybe compared to prior years. Like, take, for instance, the 40th district. Who's the second-best team? You know, is it Bourbon County? I mean, they just beat Paris by three on on Friday. And then Montgomery County, I know they haven't won a game yet, but they've played a really tough schedule against some really good teams. So, you know, that's one district. You also look at the 38th district. I mean, who's the second best team there? Harrison County's, I think, clearly the top team right now. But who's the second best team there? Is it Robertson? Is it Pendleton? Or is it Nicholas? You know, and I, I think this you could say the same in, in both the the 39th and, and possibly the 37th. You know, the 39th, you're looking at Bracken Augusta. Who's the second best team out of those? Good thing is Monday we'll find out, um, you know, early on who has the upper hand there. And then, I, you know, in the 37th, you know, Campbell, I think, is probably your best team there. But between Scott, Brostert, and Calvary, you know, who's your second best team? So I, I just think it, it could create for a lot more exciting, you know, closer games in the district tournament compared to maybe prior years. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of getting a feel outside of maybe one big upset who's going to that region tournament, you know. So I, I think that that's kind of what makes a, a cool dynamic, too. And, you know, obviously it's still early to kind of tell all that. And see, this is where you're the veteran of all this. I, my mind didn't even go there, but you're right. I think in all four districts, you pretty well know who the one seed is. Yeah, uh, Obviously, in the 39th, as you know, I'm a big fan of the draw. I love it. Um, I love the random, randomness of it. I know I'm in the minority, and that's okay. That's an island I'll stand on by myself. I'm okay with that. Um, but even though Mason County is probably the best team in that district, um, all four districts, we pretty well know who a number one is, which means that two-three game uh, is going to be highly competitive in each district and going to be fun to watch. And that's somewhere my mind didn't go. I was naturally thinking that, um, okay, if only got four or five teams in the region that are really strong, that could make for a weak regional tournament too. If you know five through eight, I guess, are kind of mediocre or less strong, but some of those maybe from the same district may not even get to the regional tournament. So. Um, yeah. But let's hear your rankings this week. Uh, if you want, I'll go through mine first, or you can go through yours first. Uh, um, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'll go. I don't care. All right. Let me pull it up here. All right. So let's start here. All right. Here we go. DRC one, Mason County two. Harrison County three, Campbell County four, Scott five, Augusta six, Bracken County seven, Bourbon County eight, Brossard nine, Montgomery County 10, Calvary Christian 11, 
Robertson 12, Pendleton 13, Paris 14, Nicholas 15, St. Pat 16. Well, it's kind of it's kind of odd because we have a lot of the same teams in the top 10, just maybe in a little bit different order. I've got GRC one, Mason two. I put Campbell three. Um, I know Campbell and Harrison play this year, and that'll ultimately decide for me who goes in that spot. I did have Harrison four. Um, I put Augusta five, Scott six. I know you had those two reversed. I think that'd be a very good game. I think um, – actually, it may be a very competitive game. I got yeah. Bracken seven, Montgomery eight. I went Calvary nine, Bishop Brossard ten. I did Bourbon 11, uh, Robertson 12, and then Pendleton, Paris, Nicholas, and St. Pat. So we yeah. do have a lot of similarities. Um, you've seen Bourbon play. I haven't. I solely went on that based on the three-point win at Paris, which is kind of – Narrow, narrow mindset for me because it's a rivalry game. Right. Um, that's just like Augusta Bracken. A lot of times I've been in the Augusta Bracken rivalry as the best team as a coach, maybe as a player, and not win. You know, um, so rivalry games. So I probably shouldn't have based Bourbon's ranking just solely on that game. Um, you I made was, a very good point. I, I was impressed with their with their depth and their guard play. I mean, they had guys uh, on Tuesday against Mason County that came off the bench and, and put some points in Cortavion Smith and Miles Ezel and a couple other guys that, you know, it, it just seemed like they kept coming with bodies and bodies. And I think once, you know, Lamont Campbell figures out that rotation, gets that kind of ironed out, they'll, they'll be a dangerous team. And I, I, as of right now, I, I, you know, I haven't seen Montgomery play, but um, just looking off the results, I, I'd maybe put them at the number two spot in that district. Well, and Coach uh, Campbell, when I talked to him in the preseason, he's very high on his team. He loved his team. But he also mentioned, and I, you know, I don't know if there's something came out about this, but he also felt like he would have Kentavion Downey, and uh, and I know I saw where he's back at Paris, and I think his first game with Paris was against Augusta. So was that an ineligible? Was that an eligibility thing? Was that hey. something maybe he didn't decide to transfer? Have you heard anything about that? Uh, you got me. Usually when they go back to that school, it probably means they didn't get ruled eligible but don't quote me on that so right and i just i'm, I'm not 100 sure i just know between those two schools it seems like they've been kind of flippy flopping here as of the last few years so well and i think Downey's a team i mean he definitely could have helped bourbon county but i think he's also going to make paris a little bit more competitive too and um but uh you know it's it's still early you know week two these rankings are going to change 25 more times probably before, I guess they'll probably change before week three, 25 more times in my mind. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's tough. I mean, I mean, the next two weeks, it's going to be a lot of next two, two and a half weeks, and be a lot of Christmas tournaments. So a lot of these teams are probably going to be playing out of region. So we, you know, we still probably won't have a gauge going into January. Well, I had on my schedule tonight, I had, uh, I had to hoping to talk about Justin Becker becoming the all-time leading scorer in Robertson County history, but their game with uh, Ryle on Friday, or was it Friday? Yeah, on yeah, Friday, Friday got canceled due to uh, COVID protocol, so maybe that'd be something we get a chance to talk about here in the near future. Um, any, um, any more, you saw more games or probably kept up with more games than I did this week. Any uh, individual performances that need to be highlighted? I was real impressed with Terrell Henry on Friday and Saturday. The kid's a stud. Um, but any other individual performances you can think of that um, – Oh, just kind of off the top of my head or just kind of looking at guys. Um, you know, I was really impressed. Uh, looks like Tanner Walton's finding his role at Clark County. Um, he had 18 against Madison Central in their big win. Um, Trent Edwards, I think he had a double-double the other night against Pendleton County. Um, Wyatt Clark from Nicholas County, he's putting in about 24 games, so – you know, and I thought, um, and I know you were a little late, but I thought uh, Kidwell from Pendleton County had a really solid game against mm -hmm. Greenup County. And the one thing I think with uh, Sam and Pendleton County is Kidwell seems to be a matchup. You know, if you got a really big guy, they usually guard him because he's the biggest guy sometimes that, you know, Pendleton County puts on the floor and he was able to take him out on the floor. And he knocked down several threes over at the field house against Greenup County. And I thought right. Kidwell played extremely well. Um, He's 19 of 42 from three in their first six games, and that's not even counting the game yesterday. So, you know, he's knocking down three to four three-pointers a night. And 
you know, and that's would, at a pretty good percentage too. Yeah. And I, when I, I, I start sending out region stat leaders come January or so, once we kind of get in to where there's some actual data, you know, teams have played at least 10 or 15 games and it's always fun to see like the three point leaders and, you know, you maybe you throw out who's, who's the best shooter in the tent and, you know, maybe he's making his early claim to say, Hey, you know, I'm here. And, you know, so I and you know, of course, you know him being in my district the last few years, having a game plan against him. The one thing I tried to do was I always respected his ability to knock down the jumper. I always try to get guys to close out hard to get him to put the ball on the dribble, or try to get him in a transition game to where he doesn't really have time to spot up. You know, make him run the floor and play defense, then kind of get his legs tired to make his shot. But he was always able to knock down a lot of open shots, and he had a real good game on Saturday. So I mean, I think he's the one that. I'm going to put Chase Archibald in that mix, too. He, he shot it really well this weekend. At, at Mason I'll tell you what, and on Friday night against um, Mason County slash Maysville, if Chase don't show up ready to play, um, Mason County made 40-piece in that night. I think a couple of his threes that he got to fall kind of kept Augusta kind of on the outside, you know, maybe one good run away from making it a close game. Then, obviously, I think um, Mason County's ability to – throw out five or six guys that can guard you full court. I mean, I just, you know, I think it wore Augusta down and kind of made the – I don't think the game was, you know, what the score was. It was a lot closer than what the score indicated. I know Mason County pulled away in the end, but um, Coach Kirk's got five or six guards that can all play defense 84 feet, and that's 25 fouls he can throw at you. And, and I think the reason Pikeville was able to have some success was I think their point – well, they ran two guards out there that looked like running backs to me. They were built, their arms, and they just look like bulldogs. And they're kind of hard to trap when they can just lower their shoulder and have some strength to get through those traps. And I think in order to beat Mason County, you're going to have to have a lot of a lot of strong guards and, you know, real good guard play because they put so much pressure on the ball. It don't really matter how good your interior game is. You don't have a line of vision to throw that pass to the post because they're taking that away with their ball pressure. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's the formula. You know, you got to have good guards and you got to be able to defeat that ball pressure. And, you know, I, I thought Pikeville did a really, really good job of that um, on Saturday evening and just thought it was a, you know, really good, really good game all around. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, Mason hit 15 threes on Friday night and, you know, they turn around the next night, they went 7 to 26. So, you know, if a lot of those – there was a three or four of them that literally went halfway down and out. So, it just it just wasn't their night. And, you know, Coach Kirk said after the game, he said, you know, I, I enjoy um, seeing what my kids do with adversity, you know. So, you know, obviously you don't want to lose. But, I mean, I think this is kind of what brings, you know, character out. And, um, you know, it's, it also kind of shows to them that, you know, hey, on any given night, you know, anybody can get beat. Well, and Coach Kirk is one of those guys who also, I think, as a coach, sees the big picture. He's not going to let the moniker sink in of, you know, oh, we lost one, our season's over. He's definitely going to learn from this and make his team better. But talk about individual performances. I don't know how I could forget Philip Bearley on Friday night. I think he ended up with a game-high 25, and if I'm not mistaken, he hit maybe six or seven threes. His left-handed stroke looked awful smooth and also thought K.G. Walton. You know, once again, I know it seems like we're talking an awful lot about Mason County, but I thought they put together two solid performances on Friday and Saturday night that I was able to watch. And um, But I was really impressed with Philip Beerley. I heard, you know, in the preseason how much better he'd gotten. He'd worked extremely hard on his AAU, and I always said I wanted to see how that transitioned to the high school game because I think there's a big difference in AAU basketball and 10th region high school basketball. But um, I think he made a believer out of me on Friday night. You hit you hit six threes, you know, and I think KG hit five that night, KG Walton. So they combined for eleven of the fifteen. And then um, you know, those those two I think can be very good complimentary scorers to Terrell Henry and Nate Mitchell once he gets back to full strength. And then um, you know, outside of that, uh, you know, I, I can't really think of too much um within the region in terms of, you know, standout performances. Um, you know, unless I'm, you know, missing one or two, but you know, it seemed like everybody Came to play and got theirs. Um, I do know um, Marcus Ashford had 25 against Bourbon County in that rivalry game, mm -hmm. and he was that eighth grader you mentioned in week one about a player to watch, and um, he's just a, a kid that we're going we're to be glad that we got a chance to see him in the 10th region the next four or five years because he's going to be something special. So um, I know he had 25 against Bourbon County, so 
Um, yeah, looked like Luke Rui had a really good game against Ludlow. He had 31. Um, and I think that was his first game back from injury. So, um, so I watched some. I watched some of that game on YouTube, and I think Ludlow, Ludlow's having their way with their tenth region opponents. I mean, they've just kind of. Yeah. Um, they're a very nice team, and they're well coached. I think they're coached by um, Dan Sullivan, who I think does a remarkable job. Great coach, and um, but you know, Rui still looked like he. You know, I know he scored thirty-one, and I know you're going to say, "How can he score thirty-one and still look kind of trying to find his footing?" But um, first game of the year, you know, conditioning's going to be a factor. He's been injured, not able to uh, kind of stay in shape, I guess. But uh, he he did look really good, and. I'm just telling you, Calvary's a team that, like you said, I'm waiting. I'm going to wait deeper in their schedule for I know how, how good they really are. I think they have a high ceiling. I think they have potential to uh, be in the finals of the All-A. Um, but um, it's hard to tell. You know, I keep ranking them in my top ten because I think potentially they have the ability to be in the top ten, but I don't know yet based on their strength of schedule so far. Yeah, then I'm ready to throw uh, Eric Des Davy up in there too. 11 points, 16 rebounds against Newport Central Catholic. Um, looks like that was on uh, Friday or Saturday night at the John Turner Classic. So, uh, Cam- I mean, the Campbells had two good wins this week. You know, they beat Newport and Newport Cass, and they did lose to Dixie Heights, but Dixie Heights is a, a really good team in the ninth region as well. So, And we're going to find a little bit out more about Campbell this week because they got Highlands coming to Alexandria. So that's yeah. the state champions making that trip. And I know yeah, both tomorrow teams. That's tomorrow night, yeah. And that's the one thing I want to end with here. I wrote down a list of games. Obviously, I didn't write down every game that's in the 10th and week three because, like I said, there'd be tons. But just kind of get your thoughts or predictions on these. I just wrote a few down if you want to add some. Uh, but the first game I wrote down was one of the first on the list, Bragg County at Augusta. Um, you know, these two teams meet in the All-Ace. I don't think either coach is going to come out with guns blazing, showing a tremendous game plan or anything. I think they're probably just going to go out and play, maybe see something that works, put it in their hat for future. But uh, um, Bragg County at Augusta, this has the makings of being a, uh, I guess, uh, what you would call TV when they call those instant classics. Yeah, it's always a good game, uh, especially between those two rivals. Um, you know, those kids have all grown up, played against each other for years. And then, um, you know, I just – I think the Riley Maston effect is just what kind of gives me the upper hand for Augusta. I don't know if Bracken has a guy that can really keep him off the glass and um, he, he can disrupt a lot of things in the paint. So, uh, on Augusta's floor, I just think they're so much more efficient on that court. Uh, I'll go ahead and, you know, give them the nod for this one and then kind of see how things play out. But this could very well be – this is the first of three matchups between them because, you know, they'll, like you said, they'll play in the All-A. And then I think there's another game at, at Bracken later on in the season too. And I think this may be somewhere where home court does have an advantage. You know, it's hard to play at Augusta no matter what the team is. The good thing about it is a lot of these Bracken County boys have played on the Augusta floor for years. But uh, um, I agree with you. Um, Raleigh Maston, I think, is kind of what put, puts Augusta over the top. And I do know Bracken County has Peyton Gilvin, and I was real impressed with Peyton Gilvin. I think he plays a lot bigger than he is. Um, he will take charges. He's just one of those guys who doesn't have to score a whole lot to help his team. Um, but I think yeah, Riley's just – First look at Bracken, so I'm excited to see them. Well, I am too, but what I was going to say is, you know, the one thing with Riley, I just feel like he's gotten so much better from last year to this year. His games expanded so much. And I know there was a time last year, I think um, somebody said that Bracken held Riley scoreless, but Augusta still won. Um, Riley's not been held scoreless. It's just, it's not going to happen. And uh, I think a lot of the Augusta players have also gotten a little bit better. And I know Coach Reed's still, you know, working Jashad back into the mix. And, you know, Jashad also gives them another body. I think the games will be close. I think it's going to be fun to watch. But I think just the Riley Maston effect, as you said. We'll put a gust over the top. Um, what about um, Highlands at Campbell? Um, I don't. Is this the same Highlands team? Obviously, they lost Mister Basketball, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I noticed Highlands. I think has lost a couple games so far. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, a, a tight one to you know Walton Verona. Uh, lost by six to McCracken County, who I, I think is probably one of the first region favorites to come out of there, and that was at the Hoop Fest. But then they, you know, they beat Scott by seven, beat St. Henry by ten, and then they beat a, a really good Louisville to sales team by five. And it looks like offensively they're putting up the numbers. You know, they've scored 94, 86. 
85 in games. So I, I think you're still got a very highly efficient offense with Kevin Listerman as their coach, great coach. So I'm, I'm sure it'll be a great test uh, for the Camels Monday night on, on their home court. So you said, to catch me if you're wrong, they beat Scott by seven. Mm-hmm. That's a good loss for Scott. Yeah. I mean, no, it's very that tight. Yeah. Wow. I've, and I know how good Walton Verona is. So that's also. Yeah. All right. Later on in the week, um, we got Pendleton at Bracken. Um, I think this game's very intriguing. I think Pendleton County is knocking down the door. I'd feel a little bit more comfortable with Pendleton County if it was at Pendleton County. Um, Blake and Caden uh, are two guards that are just a nightmare for coaches. I think Pendleton County in this one might have to play some sort of zone um, to hang around. I don't know what the game plan is going to be, but I know it's hard for any any teams to keep Blake and Caden both out of the paint. But I think this is an intriguing matchup in the 10th as well, just because um, Pendleton County is playing a lot better than what the record indicates. Um, both teams play extremely hard, but um, I think just Blake and Caden may be too much offense for Pendleton they'll County. They'll be hungry too because, you know, Pendleton coming off, you know, that close loss to Green up on Saturday. And, you know, maybe they catch Bracken at the right time or, hey, they're coming off a rivalry game Monday night. You know, maybe if Bracken wins that game, you know, they overlook Pendleton on Tuesday. So, you know, I'm sure Coach Ellsburn will have his kids ready to play come Tuesday night. And, you know, that's another intriguing, you know, 10th region game where, you know, it pits, you know, it pits that, you know, in the range of four to 14 being ranked and anybody able to beat anybody on any given night. But I think that night, the, the big one in the region is, you know, Harrison at GRC as we talked to Coach Brooks and, and that was the next I'm, one I had on. That was the next one I had on my list. But go ahead. Yeah, I'll I'll keep my eyes on that one. Hopefully, I know GRC has you know a great student media team that you know updates things on Twitter. So I'll be keeping my eyes on 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 that matchup uh, while while I'll be at you know a, a different game that evening. And I know you told me the other day verbally, you know that you've talked to several people around the region who have seen GRC play, and um, they feel that they're beatable. Um, and I'm not trying to label. GRC is the Harlem Globetrotters or, you know, a 40-0 team. But it just seems like from what I've seen so far and the teams they've played early on and how they've handled them that, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they did go undefeated through the uh, region, you know, just within the region. But I also know that I think Harrison County's got the coach who will be able to game plan. And I think they have the personnel with the experience coming back and – the youth talent that they have, I think if they weather the storm early and kind of either give a knockout punch or take the first punch and kind of hang around, I think they can play with Clark. I may be delusional here, and I got a lot of faith in Coach Brooks. Um, Been a good friend and mentor for me for a long time, but um, I just feel like Harrison County is one of those teams who has the personnel that they can play with GRC. Yeah, I mean, you know, Coach Brooks mentions the length, and there's there's no team in the tent that can match the length that – GRC has other than Harrison County. That's why I think they're the most dangerous team in this region and a team you do not want to see come late February, early March in, in both the district and the region tournament because of the matchup problems that they would present on a on a nightly basis. So, I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting case of, of how that will work out. And I know you mentioned GRC and their run in the region. They have won, let's see, 17, 18, 19, 20. 22 straight in the 10th region. That dates back all the way to uh, February 15th of 2020. Their last loss in the region was February 7th, 2020 to Mason County. Well, and that's that's impressive. Don't get me wrong. I know they won the last two regional tournaments, but uh, um, it would it would be probably one of the biggest upsets in 10th region history if they don't win the region this year, in my yeah. eyes. I mean, I, I mean, guess that's fair to say, but, you know, they're, they're going to have to come do it on, on Mason County's court. So, I, I think the region's most likely going to be there. I believe the 37th has the choice of, of, of where that where that region will be. And, I mean, it, you know, I, I think the two teams that present the most challenges to them are, 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 are Mason and Harrison. And then I think Campbell, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be ready for them the next time they, they would face them too. And as Coach Brooks also said, and I want to apologize, I feel like Coach Brooks is having some audio tech, uh, tech, ugh, audio technology difficulties or whatever there for a minute. And uh, and I don't know if you're already able to pick up on everything he said, but uh, 
Um, he did mention the gauntlet this week. And after GRC, he's also got Henry Clay. Um, and he goes to Henry Clay. So this schedule he's putting together in, you know, late November, early December is definitely going to test his young club. But uh, um, the next game is kind of on the different scale, the 10th, kind of down towards the bottom. But it's definitely two teams that are both needing a win. And that's Nicholas at Paris. Um, I feel like Nicholas County – has the potential to win this game here. I think Coach Wrights is uh, is doing a great job with Nicholas County and building them in the program that he wants. I definitely think they're trending up. They've got a lot of young guys coming through the program. They're very talented. Uh, and I, I think Paris will still be without head coach uh, George Baker, who was ejected in a game earlier last week. So um, I know he didn't coach the Bourbon County game, and I'm not so sure they have you know, two more games before Nicholas County, but I definitely think this is a game that Ash, I heard Marcus Asher coached against Bourbon and, you know, almost pulled out a, a big win in the rivalry game. But how do you see this one? Nicholas County at Paris. I mean, I think these are two teams both looking for a win, both going to be hungry. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll be a, uh, a closely contested game, but um, it, it seems like Paris maybe, you know, found a little bit of their bearings. Um the past few nights, they, they lost to Bourbon County, like you said, by three in a rivalry game. And then looks like they lost it, another tight one to Lynn Camp uh, the, the following evening, uh, 72-63. So two tight games for them uh, coming off two close losses where, you know, Nicholas, they've just struggled to be competitive in games, it looks. I mean, 29-point loss to Fleming, 24 to Bracken, 30, 49 to – Henry Clay, and then 16 to Fairview. And, you know, some of those teams are really improved this year. So, you know, this probably steps down in competition for them. So, it, you know, it, it's an intriguing matchup, like you said, and one I think that uh, keeps you away from, I guess, the number 15 spot in, in, in our rankings and, you know, with, with St. Pat being 16. So Right. Well, and I think the difference of this game could be the Kentavion Downey. He's six six. He's got length. He's athletic. And I know um, – you know, Nicholas County doesn't really have any size. Wyatt Clark's one of their taller players, and I know Lincoln Morris, who has to guard the post an awful lot, and he's another guy that plays bigger than he is. It's going to give you all he's got, but Downey could be the difference in this one. Um, a couple more here. I think one of the more intriguing matchups also at the end of this week will be Augusta at Fairview. I know Coach Roger Newton is extremely high on his Fairview team this year. I think they got everybody back. Um, Newton was the coach at Augusta before. Coach Jason Henson started his second stint. And I'm just going to tell you, anytime I, I feel like as a coach, if you go on the road in the 16th region, you better be 25 points better. Um, <laughs> I just feel like it's a tough place to play. I feel like the officials always seem to call it a little bit differently than what it's called in the 10th. And um, I just look – I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. I really do. Yeah, I mean, when you consider the backstory to it, you know, with, with Coach Newton coaching, you know, at Augusta for a year and um, just kind of, you know, ended up there. And, you know, if everybody's got a dude, they got a, a dude named Jackson Manning. That dude can fill it up, man. I mean, he puts up 25 a night at least. Um, and that's with them not reporting their last three games worth of stats. So, um, Come on, Coach okay. Newton. I know. It looks like they got man. first on Tuesday, so they get a great tune-up before Augusta. So that'll be interesting. And then they play round the next day. So Fairview gets their uh, 10th region tour on December 17th and 18th with uh, Augusta and Robertson. Right. Yeah. Well, that's true. Um, but the last thing here is, well, I know, before that, um, I noticed that Campbell and Brosser play this week. That's always one of those matchups right down there. I think the schools are separated by maybe, what, five, seven miles there on 27. And yeah. it's one of those uh, crosstown shootout rivalry games. And I just feel like this year, from what I've seen from Brossard so far, I just feel like Campbell right now in the season is probably a little ahead of where Brossard is. And this is probably, you know, I think this game will be somewhat close just because of the rivalry aspect of it. But I look for Campbell County probably to pull that one out. Yeah, I just haven't seen enough offensively from Brosser for me to have much confidence yet. I mean, they've had, you know, looks like two games where they haven't even cracked 40 points. And I know their style of play, you know, merits longer possessions, grind it out. But, you know, it just seems like they're really struggling um, to, to put the ball in the hole. Um, you know, they lost uh, 
55, 52 to Ludlow as well. So, you know, still struggling to seem to just kind of shoot it and, and play their their brand of, of, you know, grind it out possessions and, 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 you know, win games that way. And lastly, um, and this is just, you know, not something I know a whole lot about. You may know more about it than me, but GRC's heading down to the king of the bluegrass. Uh, uh, yeah. I think that's one of the more prestigious tournaments in the state that's not called the Sweet 16 or the Marshall County Hoop Fest. Um, but the King of the Bluegrass, I saw they're playing Lake Highland Prep. Um, not even sure where they're out of. I can't remember if it was out of California or no, it's Orlando, Florida. Or Florida. Um, yeah, I actually my, my mom and dad live live down there. Um, but there's so many prep schools down there, it's hard to keep up with all of them. But I imagine I didn't if know if this may be... come up to Kentucky, they're gonna be a good basketball team. I didn't know if maybe and I didn't look this up. So the first thing that popped into my head was I think a former GRC coach, Scott Humphrey, coached at somewhere down in Florida. So I didn't know. But I don't think that's his team. I could be wrong, but I don't think it yeah. is. That's where my mind went. But um, I'm just curious to see how GRC competes down there. I know they played, uh, you know, the ranked preseason, I think, fourth in the state. Are they like fourth or something? Or am I getting them confused with Ashland? I think yeah. GRC. I've seen them in different various polls. It has them anywhere from like fourth to eighth. So, um I think that's probably fair to say. And I think, you know, next week we'll bracket. be able to – go ahead. I'm trying to pull up this King of the Bluegrass bracket to see if they did win that game. I want to say they either were going to face Ballard or someone in the second round. Um, the, I think that game's next weekend. Yeah, I'm just trying to see because there's a bracket where you keep winning. Uh I don't know. I can't find it off the top of. Uh... Did you um, I, did you go to Ryehurst? Okay, here we go. They win that, then they would play. Okay, never mind that. They win that, they would play the winner of Dorman, South Carolina, and Ensworth, South Carolina. But then, if they win that, then you're looking at a bracket the uh, four teams of North Laurel, Eastern, North Oldham, and Dunbar. So. They can win uh, their first two games, then we'll really see kind of where they're at against, um, you know, some teams, some top flight teams in Kentucky as well. Where is that starting on Friday? Uh, it looks like it starts, yeah, Friday at 6 p.m. Because um, the top half of the bracket, oh, wow, you got a Friday 7.30 game, Covington Catholic versus Trinity. That'll be a great game. And then um, right after that, Ashland or Saturday night would be Ashland and Lyon County with two Division One guards and, and Colin Porter and um, – the Travis Perry kid out of Lyon County. That'd be a great matchup to see as well. So, oh, are you wanting to you want to take a weekend off and a yeah. road trip to, to Louisville? Is that in Louisville or Lexington? I don't think my girlfriend would approve of that, unfortunately. So <laughs> uh, who's gonna step up and tell her you're going with me? You ain't going with another woman. <laughs> I honestly think I'm gonna try to find somebody to go down there with me. That'd be two days of solid basketball action that yeah. uh um that'd be a lot of fun. Wow. Anything yeah. else? Um, any other games in week three that maybe I missed? I kind of skimmed through quickly because, like I said, I know if we wanted to talk about every single game in week three that we would uh, be here till uh, the Bengals win another game, which may not happen for a few weeks. So, uh, I mean, in region, like you said, Campbell Brossert, that's on uh, – looks like it's Saturday. Um, I think uh, Bourbon Harrison Saturday as well in the region. And then um, Friday night, I think, you know, it would be a good one, too, with uh, Mason County playing up at Scott. So, you know, two of your top probably, you know, five, six teams in the region facing off that evening. And Well, Scott, and I'll tell you – As a point guard, then I don't know. That could be a long night for the Eagles. I was going to say the, the key to that game would be as if maybe uh, Mitchell Miner's back and healthy by the end. But even, you know, even if, you know, he's back and not played several games in the last week or so. Who knows with his conditioning? And and one thing Mason Kenny will bring out of you, they'll bring out of your effort. If you don't have your effort, you're going to look a lot worse than what they can make you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Scott will be ready to play that game. He'll be on their home floor. And, you know, it, 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 I think it's – when those two play, it's usually a really fun game because both like to kind of push the tempo and, and play fast. And, you know, two really good coaches in that contract as well. Anything else this week? Uh Anything uh, that we've not talked about that you'd like to bring up? I mean, I write down notes, but um, like I said, I thought we was going to have Coach Kirk and 
uh, Terrell on the night to talk about the Bulldog night as well as the uh, Mike Murph Classic, but he had to table that to next week due to uh, he lost his voice yesterday against Pikeville. And then, Man. you know, <laughs> prayers to Terrell and his family. I know he lost a very influential figure in his life and his grandma. So, you know, prayers out to him and his family, and hopefully we can get them both on next week. Yeah, that'd be great. I think it's a lot of fun adding, you know, a coach into the mix and so people just don't have to hear us the whole time. <laughs> well, and hopefully, you know, and there may be some nights we can get two coaches on about 15 minutes each and um, yeah. and hopefully we can get every coach in the region before the year's up. Uh, some of them try to avoid me, but I'm pretty persistent and I stay on them until I get a yes. So, uh, but once again, Evan, thanks uh, for your time on Sunday night. I uh, appreciate you as always. And hopefully I hook up with you tomorrow with the Augusta Bracken game. We'll take that game in. Sounds good, man. Always good talking to you. Looking hey, forward you to next week. See you. All right, see you. A special thanks to Harrison County Head Coach Terrence Brooks for coming on tonight, talking about the breads in this young season. Want to wish those guys the best of luck and everybody else this week to stay healthy. And um, we'll catch you next Sunday. As always, stay tuned and stay hot.